faint. And God said that our, our strength is strong. Our strength is weak when adverse, in adversity we faint. And we really need to see in this fainting times, um, and God's not telling us that it like, like, you know, you weak, weak, weak person, but he's saying, daughter, son, if you keep falling and failing and giving up, this is a sure warning sign that you need more of me. You need strength. You need power because the enemy's coming strong. He's not, he's relentless and he's not going to stop. You guys, the, the enemy doesn't stop and says, oh, that one's too weak for me to hit them like that. No, he said that one's weak and I'm hitting them like that. And I'm hitting them like that. And I'm coming to the front and I'm coming to the back because this whole thing is to, to destroy us. And sometimes we forget that we are in warfare we forget that there's a war going on. You know, we can forget that in, 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 in our times of just ease and our time of, of fun and vacations and, and summer and, 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 and those nice times. But winter is coming just as sure as we're sitting here. And some of you are going through a winter time in your life right now. And God really wants you to be able to meet that winter time with his power, yeah. his strength. Not by might, my might, not by my power, but by his spirit, saith the Lord. Yeah. So we need more, more of him. Uh, today God has been working on me about um, just, just in our Bible studies, just as I, I go and talk to, to different people. And, and see the climate in our culture of Christians, that this is a time that we have to rise up and be and, and stand and be who we're called to be. You know, I was just so blessed about um, the Queen of England when I found out her stance, which I didn't know a lot of things about her. But her stance, they said that she was... Um, she, her stance on believing in Christ was out loud. She went to church. She prayed. She was an avid prayer. And I thought to myself, you know, in this day and time, everybody's trying to do something, but they're trying to leave Christ out. I began to notice that when I look, everybody's going by their power, by their strength, by their intellect. They're pointing to themselves as the person that's making the way. Everybody's success is on what I can do. But, but if you leave Christ out, it doesn't matter how good it looks. It's temporary at best. It's just, it's just, and people are ashamed to admit that I love Jesus Christ. I choose God. I choose God's way of living. I choose God's standard. And people have got to a point that they're almost embarrassed about it. They want to go incognito. They don't, you know, some people say, I didn't even know she was a Christian. It's a shame when we can be in a place or, or, or in the community and no one knows you're a Christian. No one knows that we live for Christ. But we've got to choose to be out loud. We've got to choose to make a stand. And so when we're talking about change, this morning I want to talk about changing the way we choose. Changing the way we choose. You know, every day God has given us the power of choice. And I laugh at myself sometimes because as I'm doing this um, study and hearing the Lord, you know, um, in some things I can be the most um, 
unable to choose. Just, just silly things. It takes uh, indecisive. That's my word for today. I could just, it could take me about, uh, but I'm getting better, but it can take me about uh, at least five minutes, my husband might say more, just to choose what I'm going to eat at a restaurant. Also indecisive. And what makes me indecisive is, you know, first of all, Pastor David always picks something that's super delicious. Okay, but then I see all these other things down and he is very decisive. You already know he's going to get that steak and then potatoes. And I'm like, he always gets the same thing. But that's what I'm saying. So I'm so I'm looking down and I'm I'm going to try this. Oh, no, that doesn't look good. I'm going to try this. but That doesn't look good. And my husband's just looking at me like, okay, any moment now. What I do invariably, I just, I get something, and they bring me my plate, and at first I look at my plate, and I'm pretty, pretty okay with it. I'm like, oh, that looks delicious. And then all of a sudden, they bring Pastor David's plate. <laughs> and either it's sizzling, because, you know, he gets the, he usually, when I really get something at the, at the Mexican restaurant that I think is good, Pastor David will order that sizzling, sizzling plate. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm sitting there with my food, and all of a sudden, here goes, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, why didn't I get that? That looks so good. And then he's just sitting there, and I'm eating my food, and suddenly I'm discontented. And and he's just, and Pastor has this way, he already knows that I'm going to be that way. He has this way that he holds his fork, like this fork that says, this is delicious. And so I'm looking, I know in a minute I'm going to be like, can I have some of that? <laughs> and he's just sitting there waiting with the fork because he knows that I'm going to do that. He takes the fork and he gets, and you know, all I really do is have to have one taste of his plate. And I feel like, okay, I got some of that. And does anybody know? Does any men in here have wives like that? And so, I, just just not knowing. And, and sometimes it's like I could stay up on Saturday and say, this is what I'm going to wear on Sunday. I mean, I can iron. I want to show you how indecisive I can be. I don't know if any of y'all claim it, but. I can stay up, I can iron it, I can hang it up, I'll put everything together. Sunday morning I get up and I'm like, well, first of all, I asked Pastor David what he's going to wear. So what happens is if Pastor David pulls out something else, then I look because, you know, I'm, I'm the twinsy person that we have to look kind of like. And so um, Pastor David is like, you know what, whatever the Lord tells him to wear, he's going to put on. And so I'm sitting and I go, he picked out the blue and I've got red. And then I'm walking around and I'm going, but he has on blue. Y'all said, and we follow her? And we... (laughs) blue and I, I got on red because I, I know you know there's some organized people that I know there's some me up in here and so I, I say okay I'm going to change that and I change everything and then my husband can tell you I can walk and I can just be so and my husband says it looks good it looks great it looks wonderful you look good you look great and then I'll walk back and I'll go maybe I should put 
indecisive. Okay, but I'm telling you, I am getting better, okay? This morning, I put on what I laid out last night. I'm so proud of myself. I put it on, kept it on, but of course, he came into cooperation with me, so I didn't make the decision so hard. So a lot of times, our decision and indecisiveness is based on what somebody else does, or it's based on fears, it's based on not knowing, but God has given us this great power of choice. And he, hel he helps us if we let him to make the right choices. In Deuteronomy, though, and as we go through the Old Testament, he's constantly talking to his people about the choices that they are making. And although God took them out the land of Egypt and brings them to this land of, of plenty and good, the promise, all the way getting there. They kept being indecisive whether they wanted to get there. They kept, you know, they were happy when they came out, but then when hardship came, they wanted to go back, and they kept saying, at least we had. They were very indecisive. And God's patience, I love how pastor's been talking about, thank God he's so long-suffering, long-suffering with us, that when he's trying to do good for us, we yet will will turn back on him, but he is ever-present and ever-true. In Deuteronomy, I want you to follow some, this scripture. Today, we're going to just have scriptures that help us to make a better choice. We've got to change the way we choose. In Deuteronomy 30 and 19, in the message, it says, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today. 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 There's going to be words that I, I want to point out that they resonate in our spirit because there's something powerful about this. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today. I place before you life and death, blessings and curse. Choose life so that you and your children will live. When I read this scripture, my imagination just has the Lord standing before the people although this was something said to them, but my imagination has the Lord standing before the people before us. He says, choose today. Get your mindset on today, this moment, right now. He says, I set before you, and I get to see, I set before you life and death. Choose. Choose life. Choose life. Why? So that you and your children, I love that part, so that you and your children can live. So that you and your children can live. God said, I'm setting before you choice. You get to choose, though. You get to choose. But he says, I'm telling you in advance. Isn't that something about God? He says, I'm setting it. You, I, you can do whatever you want. But I'm telling you in advance. Choose life so that you, and not just you, but you and your children can live. You know, sometimes I, I think to myself, you know, as, as my parents saw me growing up and they my dad made a choice to choose life at a very um, young age. He said he looked at me in the crib crying while he was um, 
you know, with his buddies and he was drinking and, and he's looked in the room and I was crying and he thought to himself, is this what I'm going to give my daughter? And right then he chose to turn another way and choose life and, and stop drinking and partying and doing all that kind of, he chose life so that I could have life. And, and that scripture is so alive to me because he made that choice. There was, he was at the crossroads of his life and he could hear the Holy Spirit saying, choose life, choose life, James, so that you and Linda can live. And so that you and Linda, not, and he just made that choice, not just for himself, but when he made that choice, it went all the way down to me. And for every parent that's in here, when you make that choice, it goes all the way down to your children so that they can live. God has given us the power of choice. Every day we are choosing. Every day we get up, we are choosing. And I don't care how indecisive I am. I don't care if I rather not choose at all. The very fact that I don't choose, I'm choosing. Right? We are choosing every day, every time we make a decision, we are choosing. So we need to make a good choice. I said, if I don't make a choice, someone's going to make the choice for me. But we need to make a good choice. Every day we choose our priorities, right? I choose what is my priority. You choose what is your priority. It, it involves, if we're really, really thoughtful that God has given us this wonderful gift of choice, it involves a careful, well thought out. I said carefully, well, how many times we have run into a choice that we wish that we hadn't made? Because we just made it out of fear. Or, or to please somebody, or or because 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 it sounded good, but choices need to be carefully thought out, because the ramifications can last a long, 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 long time when we make a choice. I made a choice one time to leave my husband, but I didn't think it out too well. I didn't think it out too well. I thought of what I was going through. I thought of my pain, my hurt, my me, 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 me. But remember, every choice affects not just you. Wouldn't it be something if we was just, we could make a choice and it didn't affect nobody but ourselves? <laughs> but it, that's not how choices work. Right. Choices work that they affect so many people, so many circumstances are, and in that choice, there were so many ramifications of not just what it did to me, but what it did to my family, okay, what it did to my children, and so when I look back, I saw this choice that seemed so covering to me was uncovering so many other places. And so a choice sometimes can't be made in the throes of pain, in the throes of hurt, in the throes of unforgiveness, in the throes of, 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 of sin. 
choices have to be well thought out and, and your choices have to be based on the word of God and not just your feelings. In James 1 and 8, it said, For being as he is, a man of two minds, hesitating, dubious, irresolute. He is unstable and unreliable and uncertain about everything he thinks, feels, or decides. So this is one reason why I, I, I tell you the story of my indecisiveness. And we laugh a little bit because most of us know there are times we've been that way. But the seriousness of it, don't let me fall, the seriousness of it is that um, it, it, it makes us lose things. It makes us unstable. And the more indecisive that we are the, in one area, we'll find ourselves indecisive in other areas. And so this is why I can't just laugh about it. I've got to do something about that. I have to recognize and acknowledge that the word says that a double-minded person is unstable in all his ways, and I've got to do something about it. And a lot of times we will read the word of God, and it sounds good. The statement sounds good, but the action never catches up with the statement. And so if the action never catches up with the statement, we will find ourselves, keep being that way, keep being that way. So I have to stop and I have to say, you know what, Linda? Like this morning, get, put that on. You made a decision, put it on. God, then most of all, I have to say, Lord, and I do a lot of, God gets a lot of this from me. Lord, help me to be this. Lord, help me to be that. Wherever I'm not that, I, I, Lord, help me right now to be this. Your word said to be this. Help me right now. It's not funny right now. We're losing right now. I'm losing right now. And so, Lord, I'm not just going to do me, and this is me, but I've got to change. A lot of times we know we need to change, but we will not put in the work that it takes to change. When it says double-minded, it means vacillating, wavering, doubting. We have a lack of confidence and trust in our decisions. And I've learned most of all, it's a lack of, if I have a lack of trust in God, that's where I should go first. And what he tells me to do, just do it, all right? A lack of trust in God will have me waste. Sometimes I don't want to admit that, but a lack of trust. I've ever, I prayed, God, you said, then I get up, and then I'm like, because I pray about what I'm going to wear. So I pray, God, you said, then I get up, and then I go, mm, mm, I don't know, I'm going to change my mind. I don't think I'm wearing that. And, and this is just a simple thing. Okay, this is not a this is not an eternal thing. This is just a simple thing. And and God is saying, Do you trust me? Do we trust his voice? Did I hear a lot of times we're like, God, did you really say that? Have has God ever told you to give a, a, a big amount of money to somebody and you go, mm mm? That's not your voice, God. But it's usually because we don't want to do something. It's usually like it's too hard to do. So we cast off what God is telling us to do. We vacillate back and forth. In Joshua 24, 14 through 15, 
God tells them again to choose you this day, this day. Everybody, this day, we've got to come out of this message making a choice. It says, now therefore, reverently fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth. Put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your father served on the other side of the river are the gods of the Amorites in those lands you dwell. But as far as me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now, this is Joshua talking to the Israelites. He says, choose you this day. He said, you're vacillating back and forth. One minute you want to go with God, the next minute you don't want to go with God. One minute you love God, next minute you're questioning God. He said, come on, come on. And he's now, Joshua is saying, come on, get it together. He's like, choose you this day. He said, if, and if it's not, let's not play around with this. He said, if, if, if it seems evil for you to serve the Lord, then choose for yourselves. He says, come on, if, it's, if, if, if he doesn't do what he says he does, he, he doesn't come through like you think he should come through. You can't worship him like this. He said, then choose your other God. What he was saying, you can't be halter between two opinions. You can't sit on the fence and have anything solid going on in your life. You've got to make a choice. And he said, today, choose. He said, now, I've already made the choice for my life. Now, I, he said, now, y'all, I don't know what you're going to choose, but he, again, is presenting them the same uh, thing that God presented them, life or death. He says, but as for me, as for me, and he took in his whole house. He said, as for me, isn't that powerful, though? There's something about that that we don't understand, that right there, no matter what, because I was, I was thinking to myself, Joshua had himself, his wife, Sir, back then they had servants and he didn't go ask them are you going to are you going to serve the lord are you going to follow god wife are you coming with me are, he said just as bold as day he said as for me in my house we going to serve the lord he made a declaration you guys and sometimes we won't declare because of what we see the Lord has really shown me that over and over as he continues to remind me to believe in the seed that has been planted in my life, my children's life. He said, believe in the seed no matter what. Sometimes that seed is right down in that dirt. And all I see is dirt with no hope of a green leaf. But God said, believe in the seed. Believe what has been planted and just keep on watering it. Keep on watering Our problem is, is that we stop watering it. And what I want to give you a little way that God showed me the other day. I said, I water him. He said, no, you don't. Watering is not just believing in your head. It's believing in your actions. It's believing in the way you speak. It's the way that you say over them. It's what you, that's watering it. Watering with faith. Water, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. I don't know if they're coming. I don't know. Oh, look what they're doing. Oh, my God. I don't know. God said, that is not watering it. That's putting some, some, the weed killer on the plant instead of on the weeds. God is wanting us 
to water it and to walk in faith. And I love how Joshua said, as for me and my house. There was just, 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 just a point blank, uh, blank uh, faith in him. I'm going to serve the Lord. They're going to serve. Yes, they are. They're going to serve the Lord. And I just love that, that as for me and my house, because as soon as I forget that, as soon as the, the enemy allows doubt to come, then that's when I cease to water. That's when I cease to respond the way that I'm supposed to respond. But as long as I walk at the, in that, as for me and my house, we're going to say, I'm so sure my dad seen some crazy days out of me, I can tell y'all right now. And I'm sure he was looking and wondering, what's going on with this girl? But I remember one day my dad set me down and he goes, Linda, we're going through some troubled times. We're going through some troubled times right now. He said, but it's going to be all right. You're going to be all right. Because right. <laughs> I gave you Jesus. I remember him sitting me on my bed, and I was acting crazy then. I was in love with Pastor David, and I was doing some crazy stuff. And my dad was, my dad was just, he said, I, knew, I know this. He just looked at me like, I know you, I see you, but I also see what's in you. I see what I planted in you. And his as for me and my house, it has come just to fruition. I look at me, my sister, and my brother. No matter how crazy we got, there was a seed that was planted in us. And there was a declaration that was set over us. And there was water that kept pouring over us, that kept bringing us up from the dirt into the light to see the Lord. In the Message Bible, it says, so now fear God, worship him in total commitment. I want y'all to hear total commitment, total commitment. Why do we fail? Because we don't give total commitment. We're that double-minded person. Today I hear you, Lord, because it suits me. I can do that, Lord. That's not hard. But God, you're asking me to do this. I don't, I still want to do that. I still like that. I want to do that. So I'm not committed to doing that because it goes against what I like, what feels good, what makes me happy. But right here, God is saying, worship him in total commitment. And then he says something, get rid of the gods. Get rid, what's the God in your life? Get rid of the little G gods that we make gods in our life, success. Make me God, I'm God, make me feel good, what I want, what I like. You know, I was, I was, I was thinking that last night, the hardest place in my life uh, is say, learning to say no. And everybody, a lot of times when we think that, we think about that no to people. But the hardest place in my life is being able to say no to me. No to what I really want to do. No to what really makes me happy. No to what makes me feel beautiful. And No, no, you can't do that. No, you can't have that. No, you can't have that attitude. No, stop it, Linda. The hardest thing is not to say, I'm going to do me. You know how we are when somebody comes up and they, they, they treat us like something under their feet and in, in, in inside of us instead of God said, humble yourself. 
something, something, and us go, wait, no, no, nobody gonna mess over me. Ain't no, I'm sick of people messing over me. And, nobody, and so the hardest thing is being able to just know. Sometimes the hardest thing in our marriage is for me to just be quiet. Holy Spirit is like, shut up. That's how the Holy Spirit talks to me because knows, you know, he knows. <laughs> the Holy Spirit knows us, okay? The Holy Spirit don't just come to Linda and go, be quiet, sweetie. <laughs> he knows me too well. He knows me, shut up. <laughs> shut up. And the more I keep on going, and somebody goes, I hate that word, shut up. That's how God talks to me, okay? Because he knows I can hear him in that. Shut up. Sometimes, I, but, 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 and this is me, but, 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 and God said, get your butt out the way. Shut up. That's how God talks to me. And I have to learn to say, to humble myself. And I'm telling y'all, sometimes I want to twist these lips right off my face. He's a helper. He's a helper. But he will teach us. That's what it's all about, teaching us in the throes of those places that we want to do what we want to do. That's what's stopping our maturity. That's what's stopping our growth. That's what's causing us frustration is that we want to do what we want to do. Okay, and we blame the devil, but it's really me not wanting to say no, because I want to do this. What do you do about that? You got to ask God, God, give me a clean heart. God, let my desires line up with your will. And you got to keep on saying it and keep on saying it. And you got to be relentless. As relentless as that enemy is coming against your, you to use your flesh against your spirit, you got to be relentless to go before God. God, help me right now. Help me to get out of this relationship that's not right. Help me right now. I've heard of people that have told me that they've been right in the bed of adultery. And the Holy Spirit, when they wanted to get up, see, sometimes it's, I can't help it. I can't help it. I can't help. See, that's a deceiving lie from the enemy. We have a choice in every situation. It's just that I want to be here. I want to be here. I want to be here. And somewhere, that's the first thing you got to pray for is your desire, your ungodly desire. I want to be here, Lord, and I know I shouldn't want to be here, Lord. Acknowledge it, and I know I shouldn't want to be here, Lord. Now give me strength to get up. Give me strength to get up. Give me strength to get up. Oh, God, give me strength to go. Thank you, God. I'm getting out the bed. Thank you, God. I'm getting out the house. Thank you, God. I'm running like, like Joseph. Because you gave me the strength. We can make a choice. We have the power of choice. In in 1 Kings 18 and 21, it says, Elijah came near to all the people and said, "How How long will you halt and limp between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And they're just saying, you know, 
if you're just frustrating yourself trying to live in the middle. And he said, follow who you want to follow. And the people did not answer him a word. So Elijah is telling them, you know, how long. And I love his, his little description here that says, you halt and limp. So it means instead of walking, we're going. Our walk is not, I, I, I don't know if I did that very good. <laughs> I might not have gotten a Academy Award for that one. But our walk is not smooth. It's, it's got this hope, this hesitation, and this limp because I don't really know where I want to go. I don't really know what I want to believe. I, I don't really know what I want to do. Uh, yeah, no. It's it's just it's it's not smooth. It's your do our lives ever feel like that? You know, your the life feels like it's just not smooth. Things are going, and then I'm backing up, and things are going. I come put my hands up. I worship the Lord. I, love, I feel really good. Then I walk out the door, and Mother Allen looks at me the wrong way. And You did that good. I didn't even have to do that one. That's exactly how. No, she didn't. Halt and limp and and it's just and and then we don't realize that 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 we're again remember when we make that choice everybody's looking at us we don't even realize how many somebody was watching me with my hands up just worshiping God and 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 somebody's like oh I want to be a worshiper like that be careful about that okay I want to be a worshiper like that no you be a true worshiper you worship like a, don't try to be like a person but sometimes we are in front of people and that's the only way that they know anything and so, you know about worshiping and loving God and then we walk out the door and we and here we look like an angel and we walk out there and look like a devil and then we what we've done is we've confused people not just you, I do me because that's how I feel right now no you're doing you is affecting just the movement of God, the advancing of the kingdom. It's affecting it because now you're, you're doing to, you're unstable. And we're saying God makes us stable. In Elijah 18 and 21 in the Amplifier, Elijah challenged the people, how long are you going to sit on the fence? And I just showed you that. If God is real, is the real God? And, I, and see, today, that is the question, you guys. There's a choice to make. If God is the real God, is God the real God? Is God the real God? Is God the real God? Is he the real God today? Because I'm in church. But what about tomorrow when I'm off my job and, and they're unfair to me? What about when I'm at home and and my husband's ignoring me. Is God the real God? What about when I get that diagnosis? That diagnosis over my body? And it doesn't even seem fair. Is God real? This morning, we got to make a choice. Is God real just when I'm in the house of God? Or is he real? 
everywhere. Is he, is he real when I get cut off at the, at the light? Is he, is he real when I'm standing in the store and she just jumps right in? Oh, that just happened. She jumps right in front of me. Is God still real? Do I lose my cool? Do I lose all my joy? But is God still real? Is he real? Is he, is he real when my child tells me she's gay? Is, she, is he real? Is he still real? Is he still real? I got to make a choice. I got to make a choice. In John 15, 4 through 6, Jesus, and this is one of the scriptures Pastor David was talking to us about in his sermon. Dwell in me, and I will dwell in you. Live in me, and I will live in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit of itself without abiding in, being vitally united to the vine, neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. I'm the vine, you are the branches. Whoever lives in me and I in him bears much abundant fruit. However, apart from me, cut off from the vital union union with me, you can do nothing. If a person does not dwell in me, he is thrown out like a broken off branch and withers. Such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire and they are burned. God is saying we got to stay and abide in him. If we abide in him, we, we have life. The last part lets us know that if we don't, I don't care how good we look, we are really of no use to the kingdom. We might be looking very, very good in the culture or the world, but to the kingdom, we are no use if we don't abide. So that's what we got to decide. Is God my God? Is his kingdom my kingdom? Is his standard my standard? We've got to make a choice. And when we make the choice, we've got to do everything that facilitates that choice. It's not, again, not just a statement. It's time to work. In Hebrews 2, and I love that because Donita is such a do the work. Do the work. I can hear her all the time. Do the work. You know, she, she's, she's one of our um, counselors. And I said, that just must be a counselor phrase. But then when I looked inside the word of God, God is telling us, do the work. Do the work. In Hebrews 2 and 1, it says, it's crucial that we keep a firm grip on what we've heard so that we just don't drift off. Yeah. A firm grip. Now, grip doesn't, see, what a grip means... Uh, that, don't you like that word, wine? What does a grip mean? Tice, grip. You grasp it. It's just not when we come in church and we hear the word. That's not the grip. The grip is when I hear the word in church and I go home and I get out and I open up my word and I grab that word again and I start reading it again and I say, speak to me, Holy Spirit. 
Speak to me some more about that word. And I hear what God says about that word. And then God says, there's always an action that goes with the word. And so now I'm going to walk it out. Forgive your brother. Okay, I heard that. But to get a firm grip on it, I'm going to have to go do that. I'm going to have to say, brother, I forgive you. I forgive you. And I'm sorry for anything that I've done. And I'm going to have to, you know what? And somebody says, man, but but then they keep on doing it. But I'm going to have to do it again. A grip means that I keep doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it. I got a firm grip. How many times in a day? Not in a year. How many times in a day shall I forgive my brother? Seventy times. Seventy. Ooh, we can't even imagine that. But but God gives us that because why? He wants us to have a grip. And sometimes in the battlefield of training, God allows these things to happen so that we can get built up, built up. So he lets that one come and that one come and it exercises our forgiveness so that we can get that unforgiveness out of us. We have to go through people that hurt us so that we can get a firm grip, get those muscles going. Affirm. God wants us to continue to remain, to stay. In Hebrews 2 and 1, it says that get to have that firm grip. In James 1 and 20, it it don't fool yourself. I love this. James 1, 22. Don't fool yourself into thinking that you are a listener. People go, I listen. I'm a listener. I'm a listener. When you are anything but. Letting the word go in one ear. And out the other. Has your parents ever told you that, my parents? Then don't let this word go in one ear and out the other. In one ear, because how did they know that I was doing that? Because if I'd really heard, I would have really done. But I I, I heard you. Sometimes daddy would be like, do you hear me, girl? I heard you, daddy. I heard you. I'd go right and do exactly what he told me not to do. But I didn't really, I just appeased I thought I appeased him by saying that I heard, but my actions did not follow through what I'd heard. There must be an action on what you hear. James 1, 22 and 25 says, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, but then you walk away and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect love that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Last night I was listening. God gave me this thought. He says, a poor workman always blames the tool. And I want you guys to rest. There's always, we won't take responsibility for why we are the way we are. In this world, there's just so much blame, okay? And there are certain things that happen in our life, and yes, people did this, and they did that, and, but you can't keep blaming the tool. One day, we've got to make a resolve that I'm going to choose to get better. I can't keep saying because mama did it, daddy did it, brother did it, sister did it. 
One day, every time I come to the house of the Lord, she looks like that. I'll be all right till I see. Till I see. I'll be all right. No, one day you got to be all right when you see. Not just until I see, but one day you got to be all right when you see. You know that person that, that's hurt you or offended, you can see him at a store or something, you just, you don't want to see him? One day you're going to have to turn around, hey, how you doing? One day you're going to have to face that thing that keeps stopping you, that, that thing that keeps hardening your heart. One day you got to face it, deal with it. Not keep running away from it. God wants us to choose to get better. Somebody says, I'm going to choose to get better. I'm going to stop blaming too. Sometimes we blame, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do it. I mean, I, I don't know when, when I came. I don't know how to be a wife. I don't know how to do it. I just don't, I don't really know how to be a wife. Open up the word of God. And God will tell you how to be a wife. And I kept on saying that. I don't know how to be a good wife. I don't know how to open up the word of God. And God will tell you how to be a wife. He says, love your husband. That's what he said. Then he said this big old word that we don't respect your husband. And he did not say if they earned it or deserved it. I looked in that chapter and I was like, there should be some words right here. Respect him if he does. But there's no nothing like that. It's just solid respect. No conditions, just respect. Then I have to come to, okay, you done told me something, Lord, right now. This is pretty hard because I got some conditions on my respect and you done told me something hard. How am I supposed to do this? I don't know how to do this. Then he says, get your heart right. Do like David. Say, give me a clean heart, oh God. God, I don't think my heart's dirty. I think my heart's logical. You don't respect somebody who don't earn it. And God says, I didn't say that. Follow me completely. Follow me all the way. Do what I say do. Stop questioning me. Stop, stop rationalizing. And first of all, he always reminds me when I come to the word, you was the one that needed help. What you weren't do, was doing wasn't working, and now you come, and, and I tell you what to do, and you're like, mm-mm, that don't make sense, that don't make sense, that don't make sense. Why go to the doctor if you're not going to do what he said? Why? God says, why do that? God wants us to realize that we have a choice. We have a God-given choice to do what God has told us to do. We can't let this life and its circumstances steal our God-given power of kingdom life choices. Don't hand over your choices to the desires, the fears, and the lusts of the flesh. Just don't hand over your choices. Don't be vague and thoughtless about your choices because you pay a big price. We got to have faith over fear when we make choices, faith over being uncomfortable when we make a choice, faith over losing when we make choices God's way. We have to just plain up have faith that God knows exactly what we need to do. And if we believe in God, we got to believe in his word. When our desperation overrides our fear and desires, 
a lot of times that's when we'll do what God calls us to do. When I was in the hospital, I had a, a, a surgery, and after the surgery, I came home, and all I could do was throw up. And I'm talking about like every 30 minutes, just throw up, throw up, throw up. My husband wasn't at home. I didn't know what. I couldn't stop throwing up. So I called him, and I couldn't stop throwing. And by the time he got home, still throwing up, throwing up, all the way to Anacortes, throwing up. And I'm, I'm literally talking every 30 minutes or even closer. Just throw, And I'm wondering, where is all this throw up coming from? So that, you know, I can't even imagine. Where is that coming from? Get to the hospital, and I, they sent me by ambulance to Whitby Hospital when I get there. I am so miserable. I am so scared. I, I don't know what's going on. I can't stop throwing up. The doctor walks into the room, and the doctor goes, uh, "Miss Jenkins, he said, what we're going to have to do, we need to put an NG tube down. And I've heard of the NG tube from my mom and watched my mom go through it, and, and it wasn't a pleasant thing. And I watched my dad, who's not afraid of anything in my little girl's mind, but he was, they put an NG tube, tried to put him in it, in his nose, and they almost had to fight him, and they just couldn't do it. And so that left a certain big fear uh, in me about this NG tube. And so the, he said, we have to put it down. I said, no, 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 because I was so afraid. And then he came and said, Miss Jenkins, you're, you're not going to stop throwing up. we got to put this down you. They would get close to my nose with that thing, you guys, and I would freak out. And I would be like, no, I, no, 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 no. So the, the doctor, after a little while, and Pastor David's just standing there. You know how he does. And he just, <laughs> and I know he's praying, help my wife, Lord. And I'm just like, I can't do it. I was like, I can't. I just can't. But right then, the throw up wasn't bad enough, okay? It wasn't long enough. I'm just telling y'all this, the, the I want y'all to hear the moral of this. So I kept on about an hour or two later. We're talking about it. I just went, and he would come back in there each time. Then he came back one time. He goes, I'm just going to tell you, we're not going to force this NG tube down you. I mean, he was looking very serious. We're not going to force this NG tube, but this is what you need. He says, but it's on you whether you let us put this NG tube in or not. And he just walks out through. And my thing was, can't you help me some other way? There's got to be some other way than this. And he just walks out through. And I'm thinking, there goes my home. There goes everything. But I don't want the way that he, y'all, y'all hear me? I don't want the way he's saying will help me. I don't want, there's got to be something easier. There's got to be something better. And I'm looking at him go out that door. And, and then I'm looking at him go out the door again. And I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, babe, babe, tell him. Tell him right now. I'll take the NG tube. I'll take it. Because my desperation became greater than my fear. My desperation to get out of that situation, to get out of that pain, to get out of that miserable feeling, it became greater than my fear. And I said, I'll take it, babe. Go tell him right now. Go tell him right now. And he, he comes back in the room like he already knew that. But he comes back, and God already knows that. And he came, comes back in the room, and he tells me, and somehow, through the grace of God and a lot of praying, they got that tube down my throat and into my stomach. And you guys know what happened? Because I'm telling you, I felt like I was going to die throwing up that much. 
But as soon as that tube got down there and starts sucking all that stuff up, I didn't have to keep on just heaving and heaving and throwing up. I felt once it got past that little thing in my nose that I thought was going to crack, once it got, oh, I should, maybe I shouldn't have said that, but that's just to let you guys know in case it happens. There's a little thing in your nose that has to get past. Once it got past that and into my stomach, I felt, I felt like, you stupid. <laughs> all this time. Why did you go through all that? All this time you could have got to this place. Now I'm laying there and I'm just, no, did I like the tube in my throat? No, but, but I'm telling you, it felt so much better than throwing up, throwing up, throwing up. I can lay back. I can rest. Why? And God is saying, you say you are my sheep, but why aren't you following me? You say I am your shepherd. Why, why won't you go where I tell you to go and, and do what I tell you to do? Because we all have experiences in our life where we finally did what God told us to do. And we breathe a sigh of relief and we think to ourselves, why didn't I do this? Why didn't I do this before? Why didn't I just submit when he first said? Why did I hesitate? Why did I vacillate? Why didn't I just choose God? Choose his way. Make the choice all the way unhesitant. I'm going to end on this because... People are, sometimes they question, how do you know there's really a God? How do you know that the one that you're talking, there, I don't even know that there's really a God. Let me tell you guys this morning, God is my choice. Unapologetically. God is my choice. See, I don't know nobody that, I don't know no other God, as man would call God, that would come, that would leave his home in glory, that would come to live, to live with us so that he can relate to us and then die for us so that he could save us, then rise again. And say, I'm going away to repair. I don't know no other God. I don't know Buddha, all these people. I don't know not one of those people have said, I'm going away to repair a place for you that where I am, there you may be also. I don't know no other God that, that, that I don't know no other God that's left me a love letter. I don't a love letter of instruction and love. I don't know no other God that has showed me how to live. He didn't just tell me how to live. He showed me how to live. He, he, he didn't just talk about my infirmities, but he was touched with my infirmities. I don't know no other God like that. I, know, I don't know no, no matter what they say, is God real or, or, or you believe in heaven and, 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 and how do you believe in that? I just wonder how you believe in nothing. And when I say nothing, I mean nothing. I don't care what you believe in. If it's not God, it's nothing. 
There's no other God that can save me, change me. And I know, you know why I know? It's because I chose him and I've tried him over and over and over again. And I just want to tell you, God showed me a car and he said, it, I was driving and he showed me a car. He says, what we do is we, God said, we, we act like, here I am, God, transform me. And then we walk out and we go, I don't know why I'm the same way. <laughs> I don't know why I'm still the same. I don't know why I keep doing that. I don't know why. And God says, because you're not using the tools that I've given you. You're blaming them, but you're not using them. And it's be like getting in the car and you're driving down the street and, and something's running out in front of the car. And, and you got a tool. You got a brake. You got a brake, but you don't use the brake. You just sit there. And then you just run into that thing. And you go, I don't know why I ran into that thing. And God says, because you didn't push the brake. I don't know why God just didn't stop them from running into me. I don't know why God just didn't stop this car. And God is saying, that's our problem. We want God to do the work that we're supposed to do. God's not giving you the tool. Press the brake. Press the brake. It's going to take some work, but press the brake. Sin comes into our lives and we go, I don't know what, I don't know what. There it is again. There it is again. I don't know what to do with that. I don't know what to do with that. Here it is again. I don't know what to do with that. And God said, press the brake. Your brake is the word of God. Your break is getting on your knees. Your break is crying out, oh, Lord, help me. Your great break is picking up the phone and saying, you know, right now, I just want to cuss somebody out and having somebody to cut. Do you see what you're using your tools? I want to cuss somebody out. Oh, help me right now. You know, a lot of times I'll tell somebody, I'll say, you know what? I don't care if you're, you're in the bed with somebody. Call me. I don't think that they believe me. Because they don't never call me, but I mean it. Call me. Call me if you can't. So so it says where two or three are gathered. So I can come into the power of agreement and help you get up out that bed. Come on. Help you put down that drink. Help you to not cuss. Help you to not leave. Oh, God, call me if you want to leave. Please call me if you want to leave. Been there, done that. I'm going to help you. But use the tools. Use the tools, guys. We're not an island, and we stand in the throes of sin. The devil's just beating us. I remember I was working at the, at the nursing home, and there was this little old man at the nursing home, and I used to call him Rocky because every time I put Rocky to bed, Rocky, if I picked him up wrong, I, you know, transfer him wrong, Rocky would beat the mess out of me. Rocky would just... This little man could hit, and he was very, was very hard. To, once he started doing that, I, you know, either drop, I'm gonna drop you, or keep getting hit. And most, I can't drop him. I'm going to jail. So, put him in the bed. But what I found out, what I, what I found out then was, you know, what I need to do. I'm not an island. I, I realized this person, he can beat on me when I put him to bed. He's got some problems. Every night, I'm, not, I'm just not going to get beat every night. 
So what I need to do now is I need to go and find, well, I, we had a big old aide named Sonny, and I would go find Sonny. And I said, Sonny, it's time for me to put Rocky to bed. And I need you to come help me, Sonny, because I don't want to get beat up tonight. Come help me put, and Sonny would come into the room with me, and, and the man would look at Sonny, and for some reason, Sonny looked so big, he didn't even try to pop Sonny and put Sonny, put him to bed. Well, sometimes you need somebody to come along to help you put that thing to bed. That thing that's beating you up. That thing that's doing you in. Stop trying to do it all by yourself. Make a different choice. If it's constantly doing you in. If it's constantly uh, taking your rest. If it's constantly. Go get sunny. Go get sunny, you guys. Make the right choice. Don't stand up there and you come out the room. Some of us, we come out looking all bloody, and we just want everybody to see us looking all bloody. Look at what the devil did to me. And you say, did, did, you, did, you, did, you, did you call Sonny? Did you get some help? Make the right choice. And then we're mad at God. This is not fair. I could have went to the nurse's state. My nurse would not. I could have went to my nurse's DNA and told her, um, you know what? I can't take it because I'm quitting today because every time I put Sonny to bed, he beats me up. She probably would have said, yeah, you probably just go and walk. We don't need you. You don't know how to think past what's going on. God has given us the power of choice in every situation. I choose my friends. I choose my, my attitude. You know how we get up and say, well, I just feel funky today. Well, make another choice. Make another choice. You don't have to walk through the day funky and nasty and ugly. Make another choice. I choose to rejoice. I choose to rejoice. I, I choose to see it a different way that this is not Diane's day, but this is a day that the Lord has made. And no matter how Diane's acting, I choose to, Diane, I just choose you. I choose to rejoice. I choose to rejoice and be glad. Be, make another choice. I choose my friends. They're drinking and cussing. and do, I make the choice. I don't have to drink and cuss and act ungodly and act. I, I choose to be a light. I be, and, and, and if the light is too bright and they can't stand me because of my bright light, mm, that means I made a good choice. I choose my priorities. I choose to serve God and him only will I serve. I choose, I choose you guys. God has given us the power of choice. And look at this this morning. I choose to believe. Michael, I'm thinking about you. I'm thinking about that word cancer. We have a choice this morning. We can choose to believe that God is greater even when our bodies, even when our bodies is racked with pain. Have you ever been racked with pain? Racked with pain. I remember a time in my life I was racked with pain. 
I remember a time in my life, my husband was constantly picking me up from the bottom of the steps, falling down the bottom of the steps. I remember waking up in pain, going to sleep in pain, throwing up in the morning, throwing up all day. I remember, if, if, is this going to be my life? But God. But God. And because of that situation, there's been other situations in my life. And people look and say, are you doing that to impress people? Nope. I want to impress you about the God that I make my boast in the Lord. The God is who he says he is. God is who he says he is. This morning, do I believe God? I believe this. That this is not my glorified body. It's let me know <laughs> so many times this body has failed me. But this is not my glorified body. And this earth is not my final destination. And I don't know where people's hope is after they go. Because we all going. But my hope is in the Lord. My joy is in the Lord. And because my joy has been placed in the Lord, this body, this temple that the Bible says is dying daily. I don't care how much we keep it. I don't care how much we primp it. I don't care how much we do. Every day, this body is dying. Whether a disease touches it or not, this body is dying. But at the end of this body, I've got a glorified body where I will live with the Lord forever. Now, when I say that, you know why a lot of times we don't make the choice? Because when I was in a lot of pain, I was just like, I don't want to hear that. Just let me get out of pain. Can I tell you about our Savior? He will help you through the pain. And our love letter from our father was never, ever that we was going to get through this world unscathed. But he did promise. This morning, you got to believe him. Will you believe him today? He said, I will be with you in the storm. I'm not asleep, saith the Lord. I see you. And I'm not asleep. Don't you dare think I'm asleep. What he wants you to do is do what you can do. When you, all he asks you to do is do what you can do. Believe God. When he went to the disciples and they said, carest thou not? When they was all in that storm, in the boat, he says, they were like, carest thou not? Don't you see that we're perishing? And all he said Oh, ye of little faith, I just want to get you to a place that no matter how the storm is raging, 
I want to get you the place to do what you can do. First of all, he said, all you really have to do, I just need you to speak to the storm. I'm the one that's going to calm the storm. But I do need you to speak to the storm. He says, I need you to speak to the winds and the waves. And he says, and I need you to believe that because you're my daughter, those winds and the waves. And the winds and the waves is not the circumstances. It's the way that the, the circumstance is making you feel. You're feeling crazy. You're feeling. I need you to speak to those feelings and speak faith over those feelings so that now I can walk into the situation and I can change the situation. But first of all, you don't realize that as you give into the winds and the waves, they enhance and amplify what's going on in the circumstance. That's where your focus is. God said, refocus. Choose me. Choose God. Choose me over it. Choose me over your fear. God, I don't know how you're going to do this. But choose you. God, I'm hurting so bad and I don't know how. Don't seem like nobody knows how. But I'm going to be like the woman with the issue of blood. It said, she said, and she kept saying, she kept saying, as she was going through that crowd, she was still bleeding. She hadn't had stopped bleeding. She's still bleeding as she's going. She hasn't stopped bleeding. And she said, she kept saying, if I just touch, if I just touch, I'm tired. I'm weak. I've been doing this for all these years. But if I just touch... If I just touch, somebody says, I've been touching him. I've been touching, keep touching him. 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 Keep touching him, 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 saith the Lord. There's something greater than your healing that God is trying to bring into your life. And sometimes we're looking at that natural healing when God has something so much greater. There's a strength and a power for something far more greater that's coming against us. And God says, keep touching me. As she crawled, can you, can you see any point something could have stopped her? Any point, as women, we know any point could have stopped. She could have had too much blood. She could have probably said, is there blood on my skirt? Is there blood on my gown? Could any point could have stopped her? But she was like, no, if I, I got to get there. I got to get there. I don't care how long it's been. All my money's gone. Doctors are counting me out. But I got to get there, 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 there. If I just touch. Because I choose to believe God. I choose to believe God. As we stand, I choose to believe God. Some of you guys have a time limit. Please, in the name of Jesus. There's a time limit in your life, and you said, I've been going through this. I've been going through this so long, so stinking long. But that's why the stories are in the Bible. That's why the stories are in the Bible. And this is what I love to say. I say this to myself almost every day. The Bible stories are cool. They're really good. Yeah. But my story, Hallelujah. 
my story has something miraculous and power that points to God. My story. If I just stay in my story, Donita, I got something miraculous and powerful that will point to God. And so I always say, he's the God. You know, in the Bible, it says God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I always go, he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Linda. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Linda. I got my story. I got my story that God is working out. I got my story that God is bringing me through. I got my story that's going to bring glory to God if I just stay in it. If I just choose God. If I just choose his way. All things work together. For the good. For the good. And, and, and I got to believe that. I have to believe when I choose God, I have to believe that. Even in that statement, it lets me know there's going to be some bad things. He wouldn't have said all things work together if he wasn't giving us an understanding. There's going to be some bad things, my daughters and sons. But all things we say, I want out, I want out, I want out, I want out. But I think about all the people that wanted out. And if they had got out before time, there would be none of those stories in the Bible. If the Hebrew boys would have said, no, I want out of this fire, we would have never learned how to go through the fire. If Daniel would have said, I want out, I want the lion's mouth to be shut and closed and I want out of here. Come on. We want out of things that is only being, making us a manifestation of God's glory. God is putting us on display. And you know what, how we want to be on display? We want to be on display like this. I have a good marriage. I have wonderful health. Great children. Oh, the he displays his greatness through our pain through our suffering he displays the majesty and the might and the power of a God who can hold us, take care of us bring us through the same way he did it God didn't come down as a king with his royal robes living in his palace taking his little wand and I am God, I am God, and nothing bring me my food. No, it says the Son of Man had no place to lay his head. Why? Because he, would, he showed us that the glory is not in this earthly stuff. It's when you can go through hell and still see heaven. Go through hell and still feel your glory. Oh God. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Yes. Come on. We need we need him. Yes. We need to make a choice today. We need to make a choice. Come on. I will follow God. If husband don't go. If wife don't go, this morning my husband was sitting in the living room. It was the sweetest thing. My heart was overwhelmed by this. 
I walked in the living room and he was singing how God is his best friend. A long time ago, that would have made me, hey, I'm your best friend. But this morning, the sweetness of that, the power of that, that God is his best friend. Because if God is his best friend, I'm going to be all right. I'm covered. If God is his best friend, God is his guide. God shows him what to do. Did you choose God? So today, are you choosing God? Not your way, not your timing, not your agenda, not your plan, not even your story. It's his story that we're walking out. It's his story that we're manifesting. It's his story that brings glory. He writes the story. And what honor, what a privilege. You know what? I always want to be the princess. Come on. But there's sometimes you're not going to be the princess of that story or that situation. Sometimes you're going to be Cinderella. Sweeping and feeling like you're just, everybody's getting and you're not. But it's his story. And remember, his story always comes out to his glory. Lord, I just thank you for the word today. Thank you, God. Oh, come now, Holy Spirit. Come now, Holy Spirit. Come down, Holy Spirit. Why do I need you to come? Come down, Holy Spirit. Come down, Holy Spirit. Lord, now, come now, Holy Spirit. Oh, Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, right now, we choose to believe what you have given us. And you said, I will give you power after that the Holy Ghost has come. Oh, Father, we choose to believe it beyond the statement, beyond the tongues, but into the power that it really is. Father, we choose to believe in the Holy Ghost power, God. Gives us power over every weakness in the name of Jesus. We choose to believe. We choose to believe and we choose to use the tool. God, in the name of Jesus, to the full gamut of the tool, we choose to use it. Oh, Father, this mighty man of God, this called man of God, this anointed man of God, in the name of Jesus. Oh, Father, as the enemy wages war against that anointing, against that calling, God, we ask in the name of Jesus that he would rise up, the inner man would rise up with a fight that comes from the Spirit. Oh, Father, those things that hold him, Father, they will be released as he uses the tool. Don't get tired of your tool. The tool has nothing to say about you. When you sometimes we look at what we're going through and what we're doing that it speaks about us. But what it really speaks about is that flesh and that spirit you guys so much spirit longs to rise the thing is the spirit is a gentleman it just doesn't come and fight see we're used to somebody just coming to fight for us no invite him you take this fight you take this fight you got this fight move back 
Come down, Holy Spirit. 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 Come down. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. You guys, right now, as we're praying Hallelujah. for Pam, I want to pray for her. And I want you guys, let's put our prayers of agreement for healing in her body. One thing God has shown me, that healing starts in our mind. Whereas a man thinketh, or a woman thinketh, so is he or she. And so, Lord, I pray for a healing. She has suffered great loss. And Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus. Father, in these seasons, in these winter seasons, God, when it can seem like you're so far away. Father, I pray right now that she would feel your presence, your promised presence. Your promised presence. That you are with her. You are with her. You see, you are the God that sees, the God that knows, and the God that cares. Father, you know everything about her. You, you know the story that she walks in right now. And Father, in you, the story is miraculous. The, the story is glorious. The, the story has an ending that will lift you up, God. Oh, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I ask, yes, God, that Lord. you give her the strength Thank you. to go through the story in faith Thank over fear, Jesus. faith over being uncomfortable, that her trust that the enemy wants to say, yes, didn't God say he would be with you? And I want her to say he did say that he would be with me. Thank you, Lord. But enemy, you're trying to act like I wouldn't have to go any through anything, but that's not what the word said. No, Come on, man. The word said that in this world we will have persecution, so cool. tribulations, and trouble. But that God would be with us. Father, I would ask that you touch this body. Mm -hmm. This wonderful, fearfully made body. Yes, Lord. You made it, God, and it's carried her through. Thank through you. all these years, God, Thank you, God, carried her through all the circumstances, yes. the pain. this body, this wonderful body, God, that the enemy would make us look at in the time Jesus. of sicknesses as weak. God, I want to remind her that this body is fearfully, wonderfully, wonderfully made, made, strong, Hallelujah. God. God, we thank you for the strength that yes. is imparted in this body from the day of creation. And Father, I ask right now in the name of Jesus that you would bring strength to every weak area. Yes, Lord. As you have made this body to be able to heal itself, to, to, to come into places that is broken down. Jesus. God, I ask right now in the name of Jesus that every cell, every fighting cell, fight. Thank you, Lord. That her immune system rise Thank up. Thank you, Lord. Oh, 
Rise up in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray healing over her. First in her mind. Jesus. Then in her heart. Then in her body. That God, as your word said, you would heal her and make her whole. Jesus. And make her whole. Yes. And make her whole. In the brokenness, God, make her whole. Mm. And God, we're careful right now to begin to praise you because we choose you. We praise you. Because we choose you, we believe you. Because we choose you, we look to you. Because we choose you, Mm -hmm. we respond to your love. Mm. And God, we thank you right now in Jesus' name. Thank you for her coming this morning. Thank you for her stepping out. Mm. And God, we know that you're stepping toward her, God. Thank you, God. With great miraculous power. In Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Thank you, Thank you, God. 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 Spirit of thank the Lord. You God. Thank you, God. Lord, we thank you for this wonderful, 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 wonderful thing that you are doing. Father, we ask for the strength and the power. Oh, yes. Couple, God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God, do your work. Let them not be afraid. Let them not be dismayed. Give them courage, God. Yes, Jesus. Give them the courage that they need to do what they need to do. Hallelujah. Oh, Father, may their faith be enhanced today. Yes, Lord. And as the words say, oh, God, I do believe, but help my unbelief. Jesus. Oh, Father, wherever there's any unbelief, wherever the enemy wants to put doubt, God, we ask right now for more faith, more faith. Oh, God, we ask that they would see a miracle, that we, that they would see your wonder-working hand greater than they've seen it already. Oh, God, that you would move on their behalf in miraculous, surprising ways, God. Oh, God, that you would heal this heart in the name of Jesus. You would strengthen the choice, oh, God. Strengthen the choice to serve you. Strengthen the choice to follow you. Strengthen the choice, God, to believe that you are real, God. Even in the winter time, God, may the choice be strengthened, God, in Jesus' name. Strengthen the resolve to look to you, to follow you, to hear you, to hear your directions. Lord, that they would not be wavering and doubting, but that they would settle it. They would settle it. They would settle it, God. Yes, Lord. In their hearts, God. Thank you. I'm going to do what you say do. Thank you. When you say do it. And I believe my life is in your hands. In Jesus' name, we pray over every child. We pray a covering. Yes, Lord. A covering. Yes, Jesus. A covering of provision, a covering of help, a covering yes, of answers, a covering of those that come alongside. Yes, we Lord. We pray God. in Jesus' name. Jesus. And we believe because we choose Jesus today. Jesus. We choose Jesus. Today. We choose Jesus. Today. That's where our help oh, comes from. That's where our help comes from. 
God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. He feeds your heart. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Come on, give God some praise in the house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We have been fed. Hallelujah. And we thank God. I said we thank God for his presence. Man, you know, as I was leaving, getting ready to leave the house this morning, communing with God, and he just dropped it in my spirit. You know, just praying for the church. and You know, he dropped in my spirit that this place is getting ready to explode. And we rejoice. Yet, that means work. That means work. Putting in the work because when people come, they're going to need help. They're going to need someone like she just prayed to come alongside. To stand with them and to go through the storm and to be that support. Amen. So that means getting ready and being prepared to be used by God. You know, sometimes even if she was speaking, there's so many points that I, I, I put them jotted in my notes, but sometimes you or I am the tool that God wants to use for somebody else to help them to overcome, to help them to get through Amen. To reach back or to reach down to help lift them up, to be their help and their support. That's what the body does. Amen. Because that's how the family of God is supposed to operate. Amen. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about him. He is the focus. He is the center point of all we do. Amen. And as long as we keep that in mind, he will empower us to do everything he has for us to do. Amen? Yeah. So I'm going to get out the way. I'm gonna Minister Diane, you want to come in? We're going to get ready to receive our offering, and then we'll be dismissed. Amen? But we thank God for each and every one of you that are here today. Praise, God. Praise the Lord. 